This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The podcast you are listening to of Holmberg's Morning Sickness is brought to you by my friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Trust me on this one. You've had barbecue before, but you haven't had it this good. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale, ericsfamilybbq.com. When was the last time you had really good Texas-style barbecue? Eric's Family Barbecue, the way it's supposed to taste. Always delicious, never rushed, and prepared to perfection. Eric's Family Barbecue uses only 100% fresh meat, slowly smoked over mesquite wood until it's juicy and delicious. We all know their brisket is the best, but have you tried their pulled pork, pork ribs, or rib tips? Amazing, and their sides are all house-made. Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meat, mesquite, repeat. Make the trip. You won't be sorry. Go to Eric's Family BBQ. BQ.com for more information. This man needs medical attention. Holmberg's morning sickness. The old method of treatment for a person in this condition was to throw him in jail. Good morning, everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Monday. It is the morning sickness. It's 545. My name's John. How are you? There's Brady. Brett's here. Big Dick Toledo's around here somewhere. And uh, everybody is just kind of exhaling after a crazy football Sunday that closed out the regular season for uh, 2021. Wow. My absolute crap show of a team is in the playoffs. And that tells you how bad this season is, is that the AFC is represented by the coach. Tomlin comes on yesterday. We got a lot of warts. We got a lot of warts. But we're in the single elimination tournament. So that's all that matters right now. It's like he's right. It is. But oh God, what a debacle the AFC is. Terrible teams. Oh, uh, the Colts. The Colts oh, have got man. to be just I had that one pegged at uh fifteen and a half point favorites going into Jacksonville where they hadn't won in nine years. I thought there's no way they beat him by two touchdowns. So that's a win. I didn't think the Jags would just wipe the floors with him and oh. they did it. Hilarious. So now you got my Steelers in the playoffs. Somehow. And my friend Joe was at the house yesterday. He goes, you know what we are? We're that drunk uncle at a party that at the end of the night has caused so much trouble, but he's the only one standing there. How y'all doing? It's like, we cannot get rid of drunk uncle. And what the Cardinals are, are the beautiful girl at the party. She was gorgeous. She had a few drinks. She got a little sloppy. She might have fallen down, got dirt on her. Now she's staggering around at the end of the party looking for a ride, and no one wants to touch her. She's just like, that. She just crapped the bed the last, what, six weeks? They're one and Man. five or something? Yeah. They haven't won a home game since before October's Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, like ridiculous. Wow. They're they're limping in, but they're in too. They do not look good. And, uh, yeah, but again, keep in mind, Cardinal fans, I'll tell you this. This is a good good way to wander into the week after yesterday's division loss. you got to travel to the Rams, who are whatever they are. Whenever uh, you can look at, the team you're about to play, and you see at the helm a lifelong Detroit Lion, and the guy who he's trying to force the ball to is a Brown. And if he doesn't force the ball to him, he'll get he'll get an earful. Look, it's a Brown and a Lion that are standing in front of you in the next round. 
you can't shake the stink of those franchises off of you. Matthew Stafford will always be a Detroit Lion, no matter how pretty the uniform might be, no matter how flashy the team is. He's a Detroit Lion at heart. He was raised in that. It's like when they say, oh, this kid came from this, uh, you know, his parents. When you're 40 and you go to therapy, you realize how much damage your parents did and you didn't even know it. That's the same as the Detroit Lions. They're bad parents. They teach these people to become horrible adults. He's a bad adult. Matt Stafford, Stafford has never played in a meaningful game in his life, and you saw what he did when he played in one yesterday. Well, maybe he's he going terrible. for therapy this week. He can go to therapy all he wants. He's still a Detroit Lion. And you can acknowledge the best he can do is say, oh, my God, I'm always going to be a Detroit Lion. I'll never shake the stink off. This is my skin. I have to wear it. Well, OBJ, always going to be a Cleveland Brown. Now, he came from the Giants, but he wasn't there long enough, and he threw a fit. He had enough time in Cleveland. (laughs) He went to Cleveland because you catch it. You catch it. I'm sorry, Brady. One of the teams that you catch it is the Bengals. There's another one that you're like, all right, until they prove me different. This year they got a little different parts. It's like herpes. It just doesn't go away. It just doesn't. It keeps showing up. And you're like, what is going on? You are always – it's a debilitating genetic illness. You can get adopted by someone else. You still have your parents' DNA. You can go in and say, oh, my new family treated me to this great house. And you still have the strain that makes you susceptible to high blood pressure or cancer or whatever. You're still your parents. And that's. I the, understand what you're saying. I'm right. But you got to understand that the, those Don't teams. Don't defend that are the Bengals. I'm not defending. Okay, good. It's now you're at the point you're like, you're just happy they got in. That's sad. <laughs> and, I that, know. and that in, in lies the stink of those franchises. Yeah. They're pleased to hang a conference or a uh, you know division winner banner. They're ple- like the, I always look at that and I see like other stadiums that say uh, 2012 NFC North champions. If that was your end goal, you are a terrible franchise. That's I like your to look at it, John, goal. as uh, controlling the expectations of yeah. going well, in there. Well, that's I mean, what like, the fan base does. If they get a win, let's keep, let's keep going. Because the fan base has AIDS. They're sick and they know they're going to die. They're just happy they got a little extra time. It's. I mean, it's the the analogies are everywhere with certain franchises. The Cardinals kind of broke it in '08 by going to the Super Bowl, but all that's dead now, and they have to be a like they've been good, but they've always been that ugh, messy kind of what's going to happen. They're going to have a down year and up year, down year. They've not been a consistently good franchise. They're a good team, but something's going on there. They're too pretty. They're that beautiful girl that you wanted to bang, and she annoyed you to tears, and the season ended just like, ugh, gross. They, they did the same thing the Steelers did last year. So they paraded around like this false, beautiful lady, and then you started to see her makeup coming off. She's not that great looking. She's got a limp. She might have a little cellulite in places she shouldn't. You didn't know she was wearing Spanx. The Cardinals were pretty, and now they're not. They've got, uh, they got warts, too, but they're in, and they're facing the lion and the Brown. And if you gave me money and said, hey, look, your first game is against the Lion and the Brown, you're like, okay, I like my odds. So you're fan-dueling that out. We don't, know, we don't know who the Cardinals are, but we know who the Lions and the Browns are. So I put my money on one of those two, make it a mess of the game, at least enough. And Matthew Stafford's been pretty garbage since OBJ got there. I mean, he's had a couple of games with numbers, but he's throwing a ton of interceptions. He's turning into a Lion. It's great. And those bungles? Well, sorry. they got to. They got to prove it different too. They got a weird situation brewing there where they've just won something out of the blue. They well, you know, you got players. a good uh, quarterback. Sure, for now, so, until he catches Bengals, he'll catch yeah. it. He'll catch it. They all do. 
Marvin Lewis had good teams. We're hoping the uh, the Bengal Cron won't happen to him. Yeah, that's exactly mask that's up. a good name for it. The Bengal Cron, super contagious. There hasn't been a single Bengal that's walked out of there going, "Wow, I have Bengal Cron and it won't go away." Think of the teams they had: Carson Palmer, well, when Chad he got, Ocho when he got his leg snapped. That T.J. Hushmanzada. Okay, but oh, yeah, still, seven years they didn't win a playoff game. Loaded. They were there every year, and they were they were just on paper. Just wow! This team shouldn't lose. Sitting there, rubbing their Defense. feet with terrible towels. They were the number one defensive line in football for three straight years. Every year they go to the playoffs, they became the Bengals because that's who they are. You can't unstink it. We think we got rid of that virus. Yeah, everybody, the Lewis. of course you. Did. It wasn't Marvin Lewis. When will they? <laughs> this is why these franchises always suck. They see these hopeful people. It's the. It's that you're wearing the skin. The of, Zach attack with Moneyball. You're wearing the skin of Bengal. And only a Super Bowl win cures that. You can get there, but it doesn't mean you're going to, because in a couple of years you're going to have to pay all these people, and we'll see if you do or not. It's this, the window is, they're, they're a nice team right now, but we'll see. Do they have Bengal? Cardinal fans, I'd can breathe what easy. What team peaks at the right time? Breathe easy. You're okay. You're facing a Detroit Lions. Just think of it that way. The Lions are wearing different clothes. That's all there is to it. You're wearing, you're wearing a Lions uniform. And good news, it's on the road. Yeah, they like it better there. They're terrible at home. They are not going into a good situation right now. They are they're playing bad football. But again, it gets erased and you get to start over. But man, there's some teams out there that you're like, wow, this season shouldn't be. And that game last night was the most fun I've had watching football in a long time. It's amazing. That Chargers Raiders mess. And then the Charger fans, you guys have got to hate your coach. All he is is a, is a computer program that is, you know, it's like I watched a, a video of operations uh, in, uh, they've got this thing in the medical science, and I think they're using it in Korea, but not for people yet, that performs routine surgeries. And it's a computer and a robot. And the computer analyzes the situation the entire time this is going on. The problem is the computer has no feelings or emotion or human It just goes off the odds. So it'll be doing a shoulder surgery, and if your heart starts to drop, it analyzes chance of survival. And and they do, like, drills. Like, okay, the the heart has dropped down to, like, this beats per minute. What would you do? The robot starts sewing up the shoulder, goes, zero chance of survival. I'm I'm not moving on. We'll have to crack his chest. I'm not doing that. I don't do that. So in the worst case, if you have some anesthesia problem or whatever and there's no people there, the robot goes – 12% 12% chance of survival. That's a waste of time and money. Uh, we're going to let, let, let this one go. Bring on the next shoulder. And it's like, whoa, they've got to fix that part because it just doesn't analyze. Oh, it doesn't have a gut. It doesn't have a gut to go, oh, I can fix that. Yeah. It says, I'm here for it the takes shoulder. feelings out of the equation. Totally. So that's what the Chargers coach does. He's a computer program that doesn't understand that sometimes this analytics thing has to be pushed aside. you got to go with your gut. And what he was doing yesterday, he called that timeout in overtime, not to mention the countless amount of fourth downs he went for before they had to go for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter, which was just astounding how many times they had fourth and fourth and 21, fourth and 11, fourth and 13, and they got all of them. Uh, and then one was a penalty. But the times that he, he went for it on fourth down for no reason, and just gave the ball back and within field goal range and handed it back. That guy's an idiot running those analytics. I didn't watch many Chargers oh. games this year, obviously, but yeah. man, Herbert, unreal! Damn, kid's yeah. good. Couldn't believe it. He's good.
Yeah, the Chargers probably lost two or three games based on those analytic calls. Might have won a couple, but they, you know, it was those, like maybe it was analytics, maybe it was just a gut call at that point, but I don't think he makes too many of those. That dude runs it off the chart. And uh, he kind of is a, he's in a little bit over his head. He came out of like some small school and then coached under McVeigh, which, you know, he had the rub of McVeigh on him. So everybody thought he's just a genius because he's young too. But uh, we'll see. And Kingsbury's another one where you kind of is this? Are they all image? Are they all swagger? Because uh, you know, a friend of mine yesterday pointed out, and he goes, "You know, when I knew the Cardinals were just about image, because it's all about my beard and my look, and I just want to make everybody know I got a cool voice." And the thing. he always does the press conference like he's just the smoothest dude. And he said, "Do you ever, do you ever see the picture of him?" And everybody has uh, during the draft when they had at home. And everybody's like, Kingsbury's house is amazing. Crib. My friend Joe pointed something out. He goes, it was all image. That dude's all about himself. And I said, why do you say that? And he goes, he had a fire in the fireplace. He goes, the draft is in the middle of April. Nobody has a fire in Arizona in the middle of the day in April unless they're trying to show off their home to sell it. And I'm like, he's right. Joe is 100% well, a great time. right. There is no reason to have a fire going sitting in your you know tight shorts and you're, there's no reason to have the fire going. It was all about, hey, I got a pretty great crib. And he does. He's flashy. But they've been drugging the mud a little bit. But again, that house is amazing. I rode my bike past that a couple of times. And I found it because I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I was riding around in that area for a while. And I was in the streets. And I'm like, I think I'm close because it's pretty there nice. There it is. Yeah. War Room 2.0. Yeah. Got a little smoke going. <laughs> 94 degrees outside. Got my my kick-ass slacks that go just past the calf. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, he was definitely showing. He was getting some tail is what he was doing. And it worked. Good on him. Though. Good for you. Yeah. But if that's your goal, you ain't going to win many playoff games. Unless you're facing a lion and a brown. <laughs> it's a dream scenario, Cardinal fans. A dream scenario. You've got a lion in his first major game ever. I'll take that all day. Detroit Lions don't win games. Anyway, so the Steelers will get waxed by the Chiefs, but that's fine because we're not supposed to be there. We're the drunk uncle. I don't know. There could be some hey, you know what? tightening up. Drunk uncle could wander in and knock everything off the shelves and everybody would be cleaning up after drunk uncle in one of the ugliest performances ever. This is an ugly football team. Seven straight games, we have one touchdown in the first half. One. They're in the playoffs. I don't know how it's that happened. That's just all about getting it done. A, a, a bad defense. Uh, there are injuries throughout. No idea how they're there. I don't, No idea how they have nine wins. Make the other teams no play ugly. Uh, yeah, and they do. They're the drunk uncle. Your behavior changes to try to make sure that you're, I don't want to get hurt by this guy. And then they just show that, guess what we just did? Beat you. Drunk Uncle is in the playoffs. And I, for one, hope he makes a mockery of at least one game. That would be fun to knock the Chiefs off. That would be hilarious. I don't see it happening. 
4110, 41-14. It's a first-round bloodbath. But they shouldn't be there, they're there, tip the cap, get them out. I, I had money I was willing to put on a tie after the Steelers won yesterday. I'm like, I want the Raiders and Chargers to tie. I don't want the Steelers in the playoffs. They take a knee I just don't. right when they flip the corn. Okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> you know let's call once, it a tie. Once that game went to in. overtime, there was no reason to try. Right. The only thing you were doing was risking not going to the playoffs. Every throw, every run. It would have been smart just to kneel, punt, and have the other team probably, well, if you guys are going to try, we, we'll run one back. But we're not going to put ourselves at risk out here. And uh, every pass was like risking your season. And then when that idiot called timeout, you're like, the Raiders were giving it. I think they were going to down it. I think they were literally about to take a knee and say, hey, we're both in. Why are we? This is it. But when you can knock a division rival out and they give you the keys, you kick the field goal. It's like, all right. And if it was what he said, if Staley came out and said, hey, I wanted to get my run personnel out on the field, I knew they were going to run the ball, and they run one off for seven yards, he didn't do a very good job there either. Yeah, I had a money on a tie. I couldn't find it on the FanDuel thing yesterday afternoon. I was sitting there with the guys after the Steeler game because I'm like, I don't want I'm – the, I'm the naysayer of the bunch. They're all proud. I'm like, I don't want this team in the playoffs. This is embarrassing. They've been a goof all year. They're, they're hard to watch. They're, and now they've got to go on a national stage in Kansas City. I don't, I don't want to see this. Now what will happen is Drunk Uncle will come in. The weather will get weird. And then we'll accidentally stumble into some stuff. And next thing you know, it's 17 to 15, and the Steelers have won it. <laughs> like, what happened? But I was looking all over FanDuel. I mean, guys, I'll put $100 on a tie right now. I saw the odds were at plus 20,000, and then I couldn't make the bet. It wouldn't allow it. Yeah. And then it went into a lock. So there were, and like, then it dropped a little well, bit. Well, that was on uh, – it depends on which one you want to do. Of course, it's always going to drop when yeah. people start seeing, you know. Oh. And everybody's talking tie. The yep. game's in Las Vegas. The odds are plus 20,000. People take enough of those. So that, all that means is somebody made a giant A lot bet. of bets are yeah. happening. Yeah. And so I looked for it, and, and wouldn't, it locked me out, and then I couldn't find Ty again. And I searched and searched and searched. I was rooting for a tie last night, but it was still a fun game. What a great – and then, you know, the Sunday is ruined by the death of Bob Saget, which I still – That was weird. That was just yeah, flat-out strange info. And again, I was hit by about 35 texts. Did you hear? Did you hear? Like, if you know you're texting me, you know I have a phone. Of course I know this. Just start making jokes, and then if I go, I don't get it, then you can tell me, oh, he doesn't know Bob's dead. But assume, like what radio used to be. What the problem with uh, old radio stations is they think they're still breaking news to you. They're not. So you go on and you make the information happen, and you're like, you joke about it. And if somebody says, hey, I didn't hear that, then then you're telling them. Otherwise, for the most part, everybody's got all the information they'll ever need. Did you hear Bob Saget died? Of course I did. My phone beeped seven announcements of it. I get that before I get like a nuclear war or an amber alert. I'll find out when comedians die. And the average age for a comedian to die is somewhere between 60 and 65. You think about it, like Norm, uh, Robin Williams, Gary Shandling, Bob Saget, all between 60, 65, 66. It's in that old. wheelhouse. It's in there. that they. And I think it's from running so strong with the cocaine and the trouble in their younger days that they shave off 15 or 20 when they turn 65 and their lives seem normal again. And although They tried they said, to clean it up a little bit. They said that there was no foul play yeah, and no uh, drugs apparent. But everybody I was talking to was like 10 to 1 autoerotic asphyxiation. And I'm like, yeah, they probably found him with the tube in the door. That seems to be a comedian thing that they love to 
you know, toss it around. I mean, they did that with Chris Cornell. They said he hung himself. But who hangs himself on a doorknob? I know you can, and I know I'll get the people who don't want to believe that. But if you're tied to a doorknob with a exercise band, you're not going for the full break. You're going for the slow, and you choke yourself out. You're bored. You're changing things up. Right. If you've got an exercise band around your neck at all, there's a chance you'll stretch right out of that, or you can bounce back. Like the rope from the rafter, you can't pull your head up and be okay. That's hanging yourself. You do it off a doorknob, you are more than likely beaten off. A little accident occurred. I took that criminal investigations class, and before exercise bands, dudes used to do it with uh, uh, that uh, tubing. Surgical tubing. Yeah, you still couldn't couldn't really – but they'd they'd get up high, and the one guy that we saw pictures of, the poor bastard, and the one thing I'll never forget was the photos in this college class at Mesa Community College. This guy – he took us through every crime scene he'd ever been to. Because this is a thing called autoerotic asphyxiation. There was no reason to teach people this. It was like the, the, into the graphic detail he did. And he had, there's, we wandered in on this one. He's putting these black and whites up and the face was blurred out. This guy is in a ladder in his bed or his garage. He's about four rungs up. He's got surgical tubing around himself up around the rafter. And he's sitting there uh, with his knee inside on one rung and his foot on the other. And he's leaning as far forward as he can. So he's basically kind of almost like in a 45-degree angle Doing off like the a, ladder. like a ski jumper. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the, the That's base. exactly it. He was ski jumping, and he was making his own snow, if you know what I mean. Eddie the Eagle. Yeah, and he's and so he pumps and then uh, goes out, which is evidently what it is. I have not tried it. I'm dying to try it. If you're looking for the ultimate climax, <laughs> right. this is and one, but this is how this you do it. telling us. He taught me that. I didn't know about that before this class. And he's like, and you could tell he was doing it because of this. And then the next picture with a little yellow triangle next to it with a number on it was the dude's puddle ah, on the garage man. floor and they had to use it as an evidence marker <laughs> and they have a picture and they put a ruler like they put stuff out there like there was all sorts of like how much was and like and so we knew exactly what this was and you know we knew when we walked in that it wasn't suicide because it was just weird because it was still kind of dangling in the middle of the ladder because his foot slipped so he went in when he passed out his foot went out from the ladder rung and he just kind of he went the rubber leg, out. the yeah. rubber leg kicked in. And, and this dude, if I remember right, he had two around him, huh. around his neck, because evidently, this was the teacher's idea. He'd done it before, and he was worried that he would fall because the surgical tubing would either break or was he was too heavy and it would pull down. So he did a double up. And we had two around his neck. We kind of knew what was going on. We walked in, and then of course you saw the remnants of what he was doing there on the garage floor. <laughs> Pants are down, and I'm like, and the pick, and I'm like, and he's showing. And here I am, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old in a criminal investigations class, looking at this, going, "That's what this guy's life. It boiled down to this. He's now an example in a community college crime lab, <laughs> and this is what your life resorted to. This is how you'll always be. This was your legacy." So I wouldn't doubt it. Imagine that funeral. Well, at least he died happy, maybe. Uh, Do people tell? And that's the thing. I don't know what to say. That's when, you know, Bob Saget gets found in the middle of the afternoon. He had a tweet out that morning saying he'd had a blast the night before. He was up. He had some breakfast. He goes back to the room for a nap. I, I don't know. And he dies? To me, I wouldn't be surprised if there's. And I'm not spreading rumors. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. If he was, you know, toying with the exercise band and playing around doing something 
silly and weird. Maybe he just had a heart attack. Don't know. But uh, it's sad. It was, you know, either any time it happened. They happened, were pretty adamant. I don't know. I don't know if they'd keep those details out. Maybe. Absolutely. Right off the bat. You don't think they leak, though, at no. this point? Maybe. I mean, nobody knew, though. Nobody knew to look. He was un- nobody could get a hold of him. Nobody got in the room until authorities got there. Friends didn't, you know, his uh, opener was just saying, hey, he's not calling me back. I can't get in his room. I don't know what, you know, no one ever said, Robin Williams, that, you know, they thought he hung himself. And then it later came out that he was cutting himself tied to a door. I mean, he's probably doing it. And that's fine. To each their own. It's just that fear of us uh, in the world of the living of getting caught doing the dumbest things we do, you know. The last thing I want you guys to see is me with that prosthetic butt and a VR goggles on. And the next thing you know, somebody's got to bust down a door and see that. That's just awful. You won't care. I, I'll, I'll be dead. Yeah. But that'll be how uh, – look, I can do a billion great things. The Humane Society loves me. Lost our home pet rescue. We do great work together. You get you know caught what, in those goggles. Yeah, do you know what they're going to say when I've had a prosthetic butt on my wang? I'm dead, and I've got VR goggles and one controller in a hand and my controller in the other. <laughs> and they're going to, you know, he died, right? There's no way you outlive it. So I think just for the decency. Those pictures are coming off the wall. Yeah, the decency of the investigation and everything else. They say it's not. When they say it's not foul play, that basically means whatever happened in there, he did to himself. Foul play is somebody did something goofy and this shouldn't have happened. Not being foul play is like he was. Uh, he he was. Uh, there was a focus. There okay. was a yeah, he, he, yeah, he was doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Or if it was a heart attack, they'd have just said it looks like he had a heart attack. But yeah. we'll have to wait for the autopsy. We found him laying in bed asleep. That's not what they said. Initially, I've seen one report saying he was found uh, unconscious and uh, unresponsive. Like, you know, when Ralphie May died, what did they say? Like, immediately, he was, he was on his stomach laying in his room. He'd passed. To, everybody knew. Now, if Ralphie had a rope around his neck, you think that, that would have come out immediately. Fruity they, Pebbles did whatever yeah. it could to get this. Yeah. Don't say anything about <laughs> all, that. All of Ralphie's information came out immediately that he'd tried to, he tried to walk out of the shower. He laid on the floor. He tried to crawl under. He was half under the bed. He was trying to crawl to the door while he was having the heart attack and couldn't. So, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Bob Saget was doing something he shouldn't have been doing to himself. And you know what? He went out smiling. It's still sad, though. Saget was fun. He was always, it was never, like somebody even said, you guys friends with him? Like, hey, we knew him for coming in here, and he was nice to us, and he remembered us every time, and Bob was always a blast. But, uh, you know, he had a lot going on. But I don't know what to, I don't know how people die. And you know what? I don't. I don't begrudge you that. You can goof up and die doing something silly. It doesn't make you a bad person. And I hope, I, you know what? I hope, I, why would you rather die? A heart attack? Just like that. Or tugging it. And you're like, I just well, had the time of my life. Whoops. I, I, I'm joking myself. Oh, well, an accident. Go out with one last shot. You just don't want to get found that way. And again, we have a deal in this room that if any of us are found naked, by, you know, doing something stupid, and that's how we go. We have the decency to cover that thing up. Put some pants on the man. He was wearing a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was wearing a, an ill-fitting tuxedo. I don't even think it was his. Somebody did this. Yeah, I put a tuxedo on him. It was hard. It was tough to get my tuxedo over Brady's legs. But it's on there. He's wearing a woman's dress and a hat. God damn it, Holmberg. 
But uh, yeah, so Saget will uh, will forever be Danny Tanner, and uh, the the dirtiest comedian of all time. So he lived. He did a lot. I do. I have to think comedians die in their sixties because, like football players, their early careers kind of damage their older age. Unless you're Bill Cosby, where you just rape people and take the blood of the youth and live <laughs> to be ninety. And if you're a comedian in that era, you know, like with Saget, yeah, it makes you think. Well, if you're the one you've had a, that ran hard, yeah, the, uh, like because Seinfeld didn't. He wasn't a coke guy. He wasn't running. You know, he was running the clubs. He was doing. He was singularly focused on comedy, and he went. All the guys that you know were like, wow, he he played the Hollywood game. Saget was one of them. He came and told the stories about you know playmates and the the you know the Playboy Mansion, and he was running hard. For a long time, as Danny Tanner, hanging out with Stamos all the time. Yeah. And I'm not saying Stamos is a drug, but those dudes were running parties. They were doing some stuff. It wasn't all clean like the full house. It wasn't Uncle Jesse and Danny running around Hollywood. They were getting it done. The tough thing about the full house deal was now protecting the brand. He's got, he had to be careful sure. a little bit about. Except for when he'd come on the station and tell stories about the playmate that was... You know, giving him uh, oral favors and was throwing up all over and wouldn't stop. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> she loved him so much as Danny Tanner. <laughs> she was blowing the full house guy and was sick and didn't seem like, I can't, no, I can't let you, I can't let you go. <laughs> Please stay. She's like, I got to go. <laughs> Angry dragon. I got to go. I can't do this. She was throwing up in the car on the way. And got into the you know the foyer of the house and just started to puke all over. It's like, can we do this another time? He's like, yes, we can. And he did. And good for him. Good on him. So he lived a, I think Bob Saget lived a top-notch, fun existence. And if it checked out 10 years earlier than he should have, well, so be it. Still, though, sad news when it pops up because you don't expect it. It was rough. So, you know, what are you going to do? A strange weekend all the way around. Uh, it's 6-13. Cardinal fans, you're facing a lion and a brown. Shh, you're fine. You're fine. Unless Cliff Kingsbury is an idiot and Kyler Murray is not the real deal, you're facing a lion and a brown. It's okay. They've got, like Brett says, you're facing herpes. <laughs> uh, it's, it just doesn't go away. You can't get rid of the lions. You cannot. Can't be done. Uh, it's 614. Let's get a wake-up song, shall we? 585-9800. A good one, and we'll scream it together. It's 98 KUPD. Wake up! Oh, my gosh. Shut the front door. You've been listening to Holmberg's Morning Sickness Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Meet, mesquite, repeat. Eric'sFamilyBBQ.com.